At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a great show for you as we've got three hours of fun. Going to be looking at a little bit of football, especially in the first segment, because We've got a whole lot of movement when it comes to games. We thought we were going to be getting some Saturday NFL action. Then we're going to be getting Tuesday NFL action. So we'll be diving into that actually right here in the first segment. Going to be talking a whole lot of college basketball because we've got some movement with regards to some of these games as well, including one of the marquee ones out here in lovely Las Vegas. We wound up seeing a rambunctious last few days of college basketball as well. That'll get you guys caught up on what we're able to learn from that for the positive and the negative and Go forward from there. Obviously, talk a little of NBA as well. That has been really getting hot and heavy. We've been seeing quite a bit of movement with regards to totals all season long. Unders were hot at the beginning of the season. Then we've seen a little bit of an uptick with regards to the overs as well. So, I mean, it is certainly, it has certainly been interesting to be able to gauge that along with Kyrie Irving now being able to suit it up for the Nets relatively soon as well. So we've got a little bit of everything to hit on. But first things first, we got to talk about what is big right now. And that's the fact that you've got just a whole bunch of movement when it comes to these NFL games. Because you have a pair of games that are now going to be played on Tuesday between the Rams and the Seahawks. And then you've got the Washington football team and Philadelphia game now going to be on Tuesday. 
And then when it comes to that Browns versus Las Vegas Raiders game that we were thinking was going to be happening on Saturday and is now going to be on Monday. And my goodness, I mean, this is just a little bit of a mess at this point. Well, the good news is with this, I've always been a fan of the Monday Night Football doubleheader, and I feel like a lot of the people are watching this and listening to this would agree with me. Week one, when you wind up having that Monday Night Football doubleheader, I always think that's some great action. I think that's good for the NFL. I've never understood why they don't wind up doing the Monday Night Football doubleheader, but we're going to be getting that. So if there's any positive from this, we are able to have that, but certainly we've got just a little bit of a strange situation in general with everything that's happening right now. A lot of movement when it comes to the schedule. And I feel like this is really for all sports. It doesn't matter whether you're handicapping college basketball, whether you're capping NFL, NBA. You've got to be just taking a look at Twitter and trying to figure out, all right, what's happening with regards to these protocols? Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Because I mean, with college basketball right now, more or less, when guys wind up testing positive, we're just seeing the games getting canceled right now. So that actually makes it relatively easy because it's like, oh, no game to handicap, no money to be made here. You just wind up dropping it and moving on. Guys, teams that are coming off of COVID protocols, like we've seen it with a few different teams. Washington is going to be playing on Saturday. We know that they were supposed to play against Gonzaga. They wind up having to actually forfeit a game against UCLA without them having to take the court because I feel like they would have gotten drubbed anyway, but they always play the games and you never know what's going to happen there. But you do want to be taking note of these teams as to what they're all going to be having when they wind up coming back out onto the court. But when it comes to the NFL right now, you've got some very fluid and just fascinating situations in general because I mean, there's been a big giant situation with Baker Mayfield testing positive for COVID-19, and then you wind up having Case Keenum test positive for COVID-19, but the rules are changing with regards to the NFL. If you wind up producing two negative tests in a day, there's a chance that you can be back out there on the field, but if X winds up happening, you are. If Y winds up happening, then you aren't, and it's just one of these things in which you've got to be gauging everything that's going on with it right now because, I mean, you just take a look at the depth chart of the Browns right now. And I'm just reading this from, from the NFL, just because, I mean, it's really hard to keep up with all this. Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Jarek Willis, Wyatt Teller. You've also got Jadavion Clowney right now, all out of the fold for this team. But there's a chance that some of these guys might wind up returning as well with regards to protocols. If they're able to produce two negative tests, timing is so big with this as well. And it really does make it a case in which I feel like you got to be placing these bets when you do wind up having a lot of COVID information like this Browns game, like Washington versus the Eagles, list goes on and on. You probably don't want to be jumping in too early. Closing line value is always important when it comes to sports betting. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, but I mean, does it really do any good when you wind up getting a two and a half when there's a bunch of threes out there on the board, but when you wind up betting that two and a half, there's a lot of question marks. That team that you want to blame two and a half with, well, it just so happens that guys that you thought were going to be coming back off the COVID-19 list, guys that you thought were going to be coming off of injury, what have you, they wind up not playing. And instead, the market line of three that you wind up getting the two and a half on, and now sinks to a pick em, well, you actually lost two and a half points of value as well. So I think that that is just so important to be gauging all this right now because, I mean, especially in the NFL, the NFL is probably not going to be canceling any of these games. We were seeing with the NFL that they're willing to have a couple postponements, but 
They are probably not going to be canceling these games. You actually have added protection when it comes to some of these other sports. Like we've seen the NBA cancel a couple games, or not cancel, but postpone it, push them back. We NHL as well, but the NFL, they are pretty gung-ho on getting every single one of these games in. They will move heaven and earth. We have found that out last year as well. So I think that it is just uber important to be taking a look at this in the NFL more so than any other sport at this point because I mean, it certainly is a big giant situation. And gauging how a team is going to be performing without their coach as well. That is now going to be big in the case of the New Orleans Saints because Sean Payton is right now out due to COVID-19. Kevin Stefanski is that for the Cleveland Browns as well. How much stock do you put into that? For some people, it's a ton. For other people, it's not so much. I feel like there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to it because it all depends on the situation. I mean, heck, we wound up seeing it with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They wind up firing Urban Meyer and... That actually caused money to come in on the Jacksonville Jaguars and the line to actually move in their favor, which I find to be very hilarious because those of you guys that have been listening to the show know how much I have been dogging the Jacksonville Jaguars for hiring Mr. Urban Meyer to begin with, but I think that that's something that you've got to be gauging as well. So, I mean, there's just so many different elements when it comes to handicapping that now need to be taken into account more so than ever before. And it does make it all the more difficult, but makes it all the more rewarding as well, I guess you could say. And we are... I'm sure all of us hoping, praying that we could wind up not having to gauge COVID-19 guys being on the fold, outbreaks, what have you, and instead wind up gauging, oh, this guy just stinks. This guy is absolutely terrific. And simpler handicaps like that rather than all this COVID-19 testing. So hopefully we're going to be able to get back to that relatively soon. But it is what it is right now, and we do want to be taking a look at that. Got to be taking a look at a little bit of college basketball as well. as We didn't necessarily see a bunch of ranked teams. While I'm taking the court on Friday, we're going to be seeing a whole boatload of them on Saturday. Even with a couple games getting canceled, you did wind up seeing teams wind up getting a new opponent. Like Duke is now going to be playing Elon. Duke was supposed to get play against Cleveland State. Then they were supposed to play against Loyola, Maryland. Now they're going to be playing against the Phoenix Elon. So credit to a lot of these college basketball teams. If they are, if they have a full staff, if they are not dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak, they all want to get out there on the court. But when it comes to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Friday, one thing that really stands out to me is a ranked team that we thought was going to be very solid, one going to be one of the best mid-major teams at all of college basketball. That would be St. Bonaventure. They have fallen on some tough times. Virginia Tech absolutely housed them today by kind of 86 to 49. So the overwinds of hitting with St. Bonaventure scoring 49 points. And what has really been troubling for the Bonnies is that they are a team that you thought was going to be really hanging their hat on defense. You thought that they were going to do a good job of locking down there. They were going to be a little bit more of a slow and controlled style team. And in this game, they wind up allowing Virginia Tech to go 13-28 from three-point range. They just were unable to get anything going with regards to rebounding either. They wind up losing that battle by kind of 34-27. to And you got really got to be concerned with St. Bonaventure right now because when you wind up having a team that's supposed to be playing slow and controlled and they just aren't able to do that, that is pretty much a kryptonite for them. You have a St. Bonaventure team that, to begin with, they didn't necessarily have the world's biggest rotation, so... That was a big takeaway for me as a two-and-a-half-point favorite Virginia Tech. Just 
completely took it to St. Bonaventure. You've also got to be taking a look at some of these West Coast teams as well. We wound up seeing a marquee one in the PM with San Diego State being able to take down St. Mary's by kind of 63 to 53. And the big question that we've got right now is San Diego State with regards to offense because coming into this game, they were 280th in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. I don't think that they're going to be going 7 of 10 from three-point range again anytime soon, but with San Diego State. We all knew that the defense was there. They are one of the better lockdown teams in all of college basketball from that aspect. And St. Mary's, they themselves are a team that does a good job of being a lockdown on defense, obviously, two slow and controlled teams. And we've seen these totals go lower and lower and lower. In the case of St. Mary's versus San Diego State, when I wound up giving up the over in the Visa newsletter, when I wound up writing up my New York Post play of the day, the total was right around 116 and a half, as low as that in some spots. Other spots more like a 117. Winds up closing at 118, but I mean, this was not the only game on this card that wound up being sub 120. You wound up seeing a Cal Poly versus Fresno State. It was an easy over if you wound up taking it, but this is a total that when I woke up in the AM, I saw it in some spots below 115, and I know that someone was asking me on Twitter. I, for, I apologize for not remembering the username, but they were asking, are we seeing just some of the most anemic offenses ever? And I think the answer in college basketball is yes. I'll be hitting on this a little bit more on the other side, but you do take a look at some of these college basketball teams, and what we're seeing is more slow and controlled tempo in college basketball. You did wind up seeing it even on opening night. I still remember Ken Pomeroy while I'm tweeting, tweeting out that you wound up seeing teams play at a possession and a half slower on opening night it, during the 2021-22 season, obviously this season, than he had seen ever since the shot clock wanted moving from 35 seconds to 30. So we are seeing a big giant movement with regards to a lot of these games being played slower. Now, if you're looking at college basketball in general, right around 50.8% of games have wound up going under the total. So it's not like it's necessarily demonstrative there. I think a big reason why is you wind up having late game fouling. You wind up having these games go to overtime, and there's just nothing that you're able to do when you wind up having these games go to overtime and you wind up handicapping and under. But it certainly has been interesting to take a look at a lot of these teams that have really slowed down their tempo. So this is something that we're going to be touching upon a little bit more on the other side. Also going to be taking a look at a couple games that we wound up seeing for Friday and turning it forward to Saturday. That's X right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a fresh way to be able to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes. Dip or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and so many others. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. That way you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to be able to find a store that is nearest you. That is zyn.com slash find. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, and we're talking some college basketball this segment. And in the next segment, going to be diving into some college football as well. We've got some bowl games that are going to be going down, so we're going to be just going pretty much all college for the rest of this hour after on touching upon just what we're seeing in the NFL a little bit in the first segment. But when it comes to college as well, we've been noticing quite a few teams that were pretty highly ranked to begin the season wind up falling down. And we wound up seeing another one on Friday. That would be Villanova losing to Creighton by kind of 79 to 59. This was not a good loss for greatness or for Villanova to say the least as Villanova winds up going Four of 23 from three-point range. I think that it's one of these cases when it comes to what you're seeing out of Villanova right now. It's sort of one of these things where it's like, all right, you wound up having one bad shooting performance against Syracuse. They were still able to win that game, by the way. Okay, that is something in which it's just like, all right, that's an outlier. I will say it seems like every single team that goes to Madison Square Garden that is not named St. John's, every time they wind up going there, they wind up going cold. And I just wound up chalking it up to that. They wanted to then struggling, as we know, on Sunday against Baylor. Baylor, a top 10 team with regards to defensive efficiency in all of college basketball, a team that really locks it down. That's pretty understandable, too. And by the way, if you're looking at Villanova in that game against Syracuse, 
13 of 50 from three-point range. I can't remember the last team in regulation that wound up taking 53-point shots in a game that they wound up winning by double digits. So I thought that that was relatively hilarious. But in that game against Baylor, they wind up shooting overall 22% from the floor. Now here against Creighton, a Creighton team that this is not the Creighton team of seasons past. Four of 23 from three-point range. I will say, since it is the... Since it is not a Creighton team of pass, they actually have been a tad bit better on defense, but they are certainly leaving a lot more to be desired out there in the backcourt as well as Creighton. They wound up actually winning this game down low. Ryan Hawkins was able to go up for 19 points, 11 rebounds. So he's able to do a good job. Ryan Kalkbrenner helped lead the way as Villanova winds up losing the rebound battle by a count of 41 to 29. But we're noticing a lot in college basketball. I was talking about these struggles that we've seen with St. Bonaventure. Now you take a look at Villanova. It seems like some of these teams that they want to bring back everyone for that COVID fifth year, they just have plateaued a little bit. I think that that's a big thing as well because when you look at college basketball, the biggest leap that you're going to find with so many of these teams is from year one to year two. When you wind up going to year three to year four, or in this case, year four to year five, you just don't wind up having as big of a bump. Now, that should lead to a little bit of a lower floor as well because you can't think that a team is going to get worse when they wind up going from like year three to year four or anything like that. But we just have not seen Villanova take off the way that we thought that they were going to. St. Bonaventure certainly is in there as well. I will say, even though they wound up winning on Friday, I would put Richmond in that fold as well. Richmond was able to take it to NC State by a count of 83 to 74. But when you take a look at this Richmond team, I was expecting a little bit more than 7-4. and four. They wind up losing at home to Utah State by double figures. They wind up taking that loss to Maryland and Mississippi State as well. Completely understandable losses, but has been a case in which I was expecting just them to be able to take off a little bit more. And for NC State, I mean, this is a team that they just need to get something outside of their starting five because they wound up having two points off the bench in this game. So that certainly is dragging them down a little bit. But I think that that is something that is so interesting when you take a look at college basketball right now because you just assume that because everyone is coming back that you can automatically power rank a team a little bit higher. And I do not feel like that is the case at all. What else is the case is when it comes to college basketball, we've seen a couple of surprises as well. Week four, they wind up not being able to cover, but they get a nice win over Charlotte by a count of 82 to 79. And it all comes back to coaching. I think that coaching is just so big in college basketball. You had one of the more respected coaches in all of college basketball take out over Wake Forest. Last offseason was the only actual full-time head coach that wound up taking over a Power 5 program during the height of the pandemic last season. 82-79 to 79 was final. And for Wake Forest, you got to love the fact that you wound up having Alondis Williams go 15 of 23 from the floor. So that was just absolutely magnificent to be able to see, but it's been really a fascinating year with regards to taking a look at some of these teams with a little bit more leadership. And when it comes to college basketball, what we're going to be seeing on Saturday as well, what I think is going to be really interesting is taking a look to see if youth or experience winds up winning out in pretty much a first game on the betting board and one of the first games that we are going to be seeing. This is going to be 6-0-1, 6-0-2 on the betting board. So you don't have to scroll too far for this one. Tennessee and Memphis. Memphis is a five and a half point underdog, and this is a game that is going to be on a neutral court out there in Bridgestone Arena that is out there in Nashville, Tennessee. And your Tolons game is ranging between 142 and 142 and a half. And it's a game in which I myself wound up saying Tennessee as a six point favorite. And when it comes to Memphis, 
I felt like they were in actually a very good spot when they wound up playing against Alabama a few days ago. This was a team that they were desperate for a win. This was an Alabama team that was probably feeling, as our good friend Wes Reynolds at the network says, a little bit fat and happy after they wound up getting their win against Houston. They were able to knock off Gonzaga as well. So just a prime, terrible scheduling spot for Alabama. And when you take a look at Tennessee, this is one of the better teams when it comes to being able to defend in all of college basketball. You've actually got two relatively up-tempo teams, especially Memphis. When you take a look at just possessions on a per-game basis, Memphis is in the top 25 in all of college basketball. The problem with Memphis is they are committing over 18 turnovers per game, and you get a Tennessee bunch that they are getting right around 10 and a half seals per game. So this is a bad matchup from that aspect. Also, when you take a look at what you're able to get out of this Memphis team, Three-point shooting has been a little bit hit or miss. DeAndre Williams, the last years, has shot 45.5% from three-point range. He's shooting sub-35% this year. I think that's going to be a little bit of a hampering for this team. And when it comes to Tennessee, they finally have a pretty high-power backcourt. It seems like Tennessee year in and year out, they always have like one really solid guard, and then the rest of the guys are just not able to put the biscuit in the basket. But... When it comes to the Tennessee team, Santiago Vescovi along with Kennedy Chandler is forming a very good one-two punch. These two guys combined for just under 28 points per game. Both of these guys are shooting in the pocket of about 40% from three-point range. When it comes to Tennessee as well, they've been able to do a good job with regards to rebounding by committee. You don't actually have one guy that's getting more than 6.2 rebounds per game, but you've got John Fulkerson with 6.2 boards per game. Josiah Jordan-James, Oliver Kamua have both been able to give you right around six boards per game. You've been able to have Brandon Hundley-Hartfield be able to give you like four boards. So they've been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match there. Five and a half blocks per game on the interior as well. And then when it comes to Memphis, what I think is a big question mark, what are you going to be able to get out of Imani Bates? Because when it comes to Imani Bates, he wound up actually being benched towards the end of that Memphis versus Alabama game. And Memphis actually looked a little bit better without him on the floor. Now, Imani Bates has been one of the team's top scorer, a guy that's able to give you a couple of rebounds per game. But sometimes addition by subtraction plays into this as well. Very curious to see what the rotations are going to be. But I personally want to make Tennessee a six-point favorite in this spot, along with a total of 144, though. I do think that you are just going to have so many possessions that this total does wind up going over. So we're going to be taking a look there. And when it comes to Tennessee, I just think that they're a really bad matchup for for Memphis in this spot. So I'm going to wind up laying the points with this as well. And then we're going to hit on this game. And then we're going to hit on a lot more college basketball when it comes to our number two. Going to be hitting on some college bowls in the next segment as well. So we're going with a little bit of everything in this. But you've got Pittsburgh versus St. John's. You've got St. John's finding themselves between a 13 and half into a 14 point favorite and your total but in this game is anywhere between a 140 and a half and a 141 and a half and when it comes to St. John's I'm willing to lay up to 14 here with them just because you take a look at this Pittsburgh team Murphy's Law has really hit this bunch and you've got the good old battle of the tortoise and the hare in this game as well which I always think are some of the most intriguing to be able to handicap which one is going to be able to impose its style on the other I do think that you're going to see St. John's be able to get a little bit more of its style. But when it comes to Pittsburgh, even if this is a little bit of an up-tempo game, are they going to be able to do enough to score, say, 60 points to be able to help you out with the over? Because you got a Pittsburgh team that right now is shooting about 27% from three-point range, despite the fact that they're in the bottom 65 with regards to possessions per game. They're committing over 14 turnovers a game. This is a St. John's team that they generate right around 10 steals per game 
Posh Alexander, Julian Champetti. They're able to average a combined 37 points per game. They're shooting relatively solidly from three-point range. Pittsburgh has actually not been overly awful at being able to get a little bit of something on the glass. John Hughley's been able to give you eight boards per game, but I think that this is going to be a little bit of a doomsday spot here for Pittsburgh. I wound up saying this total at 140, so I'm barely on and under because I always do get best eight by this, but we want to lay up to 14 here when it comes to St. John's, so we're going to be taking a lot more of a look at college basketball the rest of the show, but coming up next, we're going to be hitting on some college football bowl games. That's next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, Esports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Bowl season starts today, and VSIN has you covered with our all new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every single one of these bowls, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to be able to help you make your best bets, whether you're betting on every single game, playing in contest, or you just want to find a couple key high-value props, the VSIM Bowl Betting Guide can help you give an edge no matter what you're looking for. So get your digital copy today for only $19.99. That is at vsim.com slash bowl guide. As we're back here in Las Vegas for the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. And it certainly is an experience that we now have full season back into our lives and how about if we wind up going into some bowls right now? Because I think that you've got some really fascinating ones that are going to be coming up. You wind up seeing the first of them wind up going final on Friday with Middle Tennessee being able to get an outright win against Toledo. I was right around a 10.5 point underdog in that one. And then Coastal Carolina, they were able to get a win but no cover against Northern Illinois. And when it comes to just these bowls in general, you are going to be seeing some relatively drastic line moves. And We've seen a little bit of a move on this one. It's not necessarily the most demonstrative one on the face of planet Earth, but I am very intrigued as to what you're going to be able to get out of the L.A. Bowl as you've got yourself Utah State and Oregon State. When it comes to this Utah State versus Oregon State game, I am very intrigued to see what you're going to be able to get out of this Oregon State team as they're actually one of the teams I like the most when it came to the Pac-12 in general. And Right now, you're finding Oregon State in a lot of places, more around a seven-point favorite now. You were seeing a lot of seven halves earlier, but if you are getting a seven, you're probably going to be finding a little bit of juice on it, and the total is where you're really seeing the move. It started out at 64.5. Now you're getting it anywhere between 67.5 and 68, and Utah State has been a team that has been very pesky this season. They wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it in the first few weeks of the season, but they were able to really find it towards the back half of the campaign. So I think that that is something that you need to take into account. Just recent form when it comes to these bowl games, obviously you want to be taking a look at opt-outs as well because I mean, that always makes things just ever so tricky. And it's very intriguing that you have the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. So it's going to be something that I think that this is the first year of it. But when it comes to B.J. Baylor, I think that he's going to be a big giant key in this game. He has been absolutely tremendous for this Oregon State team. He's been able to rack up six yards of carry, 13 touchdowns. He wound up having a little bit of a tougher time towards the back half of the season. Just one 100-yard game in the final five games of the season. So he wound up wearing down a little bit. And then you take a look at the flip side and what you're able to get out of Utah State. And Calvin Tyler Jr. wound up coming on towards the back half of the season as well. In the game against San Diego State, he really didn't do a whole heck of a lot with regards to yards per carry, but he was able to find the end zone in that one. He wound up having a 100-yard game against Wyoming as well, so I think that he's going to be a little bit of a key cog for the team. Now with Tyler, he doesn't necessarily catch the ball out of the backfield, so 
that is going to wind up limiting them a little bit. And then when it comes to what you're able to get out of Oregon State as well, I feel like this is a team that, even though the record may not indicate it, the defense is relatively solid with them. With Utah State, I feel like it was a little bit more hit or miss throughout the season. And certainly, when you want to take a look at Utah State towards the back half of the season, they were doing their best work there. So I take a look at the 67 half. I feel like it's a little bit too extreme. You do have a pair of teams that they do wind up struggling on the in terms of being able to just be able to bottle up the ground game in general. So that is going to be a little bit of an issue with Utah State right around 162 and a half yards given up per game. Meanwhile, Oregon State more around 147. But also keep in mind with regards to a lot of these Mountain West teams, you find quite a few of them that they do really like to just pound it out on the ground in general. So I do think that that needs to be taken with a little bit more of a grain of salt. And when it comes to the passing situation as well, you've got a guy in Chance Nolan for this Oregon State team that he was able to do a relatively solid job this season, completing about 63.5% of his passes, but he's just not necessarily a guy that makes me go wow or anything. It's just one of those things in which he's just sort of there. And I take a look on the other side for Bonner with Utah State, and he's been able to do an absolutely magnificent job. 36 touchdowns, over 3,500 yards. When it comes to this Utah State team, I do feel like they have a good chance of being able to win this game outright. I don't know if I want to take them on the money line here, but especially if you still have a seven and a half available to you, I'd be taking a look at the points when it comes to this Utah State team. I do think that perhaps we've went a little bit too far with the total because you have seen Utah State really do a great job on defense as well. I mean, you take a look at it other than that game that they wanted playing against Wyoming where they wound up giving up 44 points in the last five weeks of the season. They wound up giving up 17 points or fewer in every one of them. They take down San Diego State in their last game to be able to win the crown out there in the Mountain West as well. So I do think that you've got a Utah State team that's firing on all cylinders. I feel like motivation is certainly going to be there for both teams. And that is something that is just so important when it comes to handicapping these bowl games because you got some teams that want to be there, other teams that do not. Utah State, I certainly think, wants to be there. I think that Oregon State does as well. So I don't think that you're going to have any issue there. But being able to get seven slash seven and a half here with Utah State, I think, is a relatively solid play. So we're going to be taking a look there. We're also going to be taking a look at what is going to be leading off Saturday. That'd be the Boca Raton Bowl out there at FAU Stadium as you've got Western Kentucky and Appalachian State doing battle. Appalachian State find themselves anywhere between a two and a half and a three point favorite and your total game. It has remained relatively consistent. We haven't seen a lot of movement on this game as the total opened up at 67 and a half. Now you're finding it more in the neighborhood of about a 67. So has been a case in which things have remained relatively steady. And now with Appalachian State being in a lot of places, a two and a half point favorite, I feel a little bit more comfortable with it because at a three, it's a case in which it's a little bit more of a roll of the dice. I'd be willing to lay three with Appalachian State before I'd be willing to take three with Western Kentucky, if that makes sense, because with Western Kentucky, no question, you've got a aerial attack that is one of the most prolific we've ever seen. I mean, I wish I could put it any other way, but Bailey Zappi has thrown for 5,545 yards and 56 touchdowns this year. I mean, we're going to call it what it is. That is just absolutely sick and impressive. And when it comes to this Western Kentucky team, though, the defense has not necessarily been there. And you just take a look at some of the teams that this Western Kentucky Hilltopper team wanted to play against. I mean, you've got some really bad defenses. Like, Rice is not known for their defense. Middle Tennessee State not known for their defense. Meanwhile, out there in the Sun Belt, it's a little bit more grimy. It's a little bit more 
held down, for lack of a better term. When it comes to Appalachian State, one of the better teams at being able to guard the aerial attack in all of college football. They've been giving up right around 207 yards per game, so they've been able to do a solid job there. And when it comes to this Mountaineers team as well, they've got a solid quarterback of their own in Mr. Chase Bryce, who was able to throw for a little bit over 3,000 yards this season. He's not necessarily going to go out there and is going to be necessarily the most efficient quarterback, though. He is someone that wanted throwing a combined five interceptions in the team's last five games, but he does a good job of being able to break away, not being able to take sacks as well, which I do think is going to be relatively important in this game. You've got a Western Kentucky team that they're going to give up their points. I mean, no if fans are butts about it. We're just going to call it what it is when it comes to them, when it comes to Appalachian State. The big thing for them is just being able to I wouldn't say necessarily take away the entirety of the aerial attack, but just being able to contain it a little bit more because you've got Jared Stearns, who has already received for 14 touchdowns over 1,700 yards. He has been absolutely amazing for this team. 92 plus yards in four out of the last five games. But if you're able to take away just one of these big pieces for Western Kentucky, I think that you're going to be able to put yourself in good shape. And for Appalachian State, this is a team that has been able to really do a great job on the ground. Nate Noel has been amazing for this team all season long, being able to rack up right around 1,100 yards. He's a good control back with right around five and a half yards per carry as well. So I think that he's going to be critical to the success that you wind up seeing with Appalachian State. Appalachian State has a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth after they wound up losing to Louisiana in the Sunbelt Championship game prior to that. They were just running off win after win. And you've got a Western Kentucky team that, no question, they're going to want to be here as well. But I do take a look at Appalachian State. Certainly going to be a little bit of a tough offensive team, but on defense with guys like Caden Smith and company doing such a great job, I think that they are going to be able to hold up. I think that they are going to do a, a nice job against Western Kentucky. So I take a look at Appalachian State. Here is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I like them, and this is a total that I would actually be taking a look at the under with. Now, with Western Kentucky, they've been playing a whole bunch of overs this year. With Appalachian State, they've been playing a whole bunch of unders. So it's sort of what we wind up talking about a lot when it comes to college basketball. Is it easier to slow down a fast team or is it easier to speed up a slow team? And I think that this is going to be a case of which the Appalachian State defense is going to be the most dominant of the sort of groupings when it comes to this game. So I think that that is a big reason why you got to be sort of gauging this game the way that I am right now. And we have seen a little bit of a dip down when it comes to the total. It did open up in a lot of places right around at 67.5. So I do agree with the line move here. And I do think that you are going to see Appalachian State be able to do a good job of being able to, I'm not going to say take away Western Kentucky's Western Kentucky's just overall pass game, but I think that they're going to do a good job of containing it. And with Western Kentucky, not a single guy in the roster, they'll rush for at least 500 yards. So you know exactly what they're going to be able to do. Makes them a little bit one-dimensional, which makes me feel solid in this spot. What else I think is going to be really interesting is the Dream Style Stadium New Mexico Bowl. As you've got UTEP taking on Fresno State. Fresno State finding themselves between an 11.5 and a 12-point favorite. Total on this game, you're going to be finding it right around a 51 to a 52. I'll be hitting on this game a little bit more on the other side, and we're also going to be diving into the Independence Bowl as well. So we're going to be hitting on those two bowl games next, as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, and we are going bowling on the other side right here on the Sports Bank Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker that is available at VSIN.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. You're able to head over to vcin.com to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value, whether this be odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, so many more as well. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game now at vcin.com slash NFL. And I know that there have been quite a few guys on the case of trying to track everything that's happening with COVID-19 as well with regards to the NFL, which at this point, that might be the most important one as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And we're right now taking a look at some of these unique bowl games, what we're going to be having on what is going to be a rambunctious Saturday in the second hour. Going to be diving into a lot of college football as well. Was planning to dive into a little NFL, but unfortunately, we aren't going to be having some games on Saturday. So that is a little bit of a bummer. But with that said, so I have some football games on this Saturday, including one out there 
in New Mexico for the New Mexico Bowl. As UTEP versus Fresno State is going to be going down Fresno State between an 11.5 and a 12-point favorite with your total on this game between 51 and 52. And I typically don't like to lay big numbers when it comes to some of these bowl games because it feels like when it comes to these bowl games, you do wind up having a bunch of runs that wind up happening just in every single game. It feels like no team is truly out of any of these just harebrained action to say the least. But when it comes to Fresno State, I feel like this might be one of the bigger mismatches that we have of this bowl season. I take a look at Fresno State, and you've got a bunch that they were able to do a solid job out there in the Mountain West all season long. They've got a little bit of familiarity with this stadium as well. And then you take a look at this UTEP Miners bunch, and when it comes to UTEP, they come in just limping. They wind up losing four out of their last five games after they had a good start to begin the year, but that good start to begin the year was built on sand a little bit, in my opinion, because you take a look at who they wound up beginning towards that front half of the season. They wind up taking down New Mexico. They wind up taking down Bethune, Cookman, Southern Miss, New Mexico State. I mean, just a bunch of dregs. And then when they wound up playing more of these real teams, it really got, <clears throat> shall we say, tough for this team. And then you've got a Fresno State team that they were able to maintain a little bit better throughout the season. They did wind up losing that game to Boise State, but when it comes to Fresno State, what I do think is going to be so key is that they've got by far the best quarterback in this game, Jake Hayner. He has been able to throw for a little bit over 3,800 yards. I think that he's going to be such a big key in this game, a guy that has had his ups and downs a little bit this season in that loss of Boise State. He did wind up throwing for three interceptions, but past that in his previous five weeks had not thrown a single interception in any of the four other games. So I think that that is going to be really important when it comes when it comes to the other guys that are able to help him out, he's just got a little bit more around him because while you do have for UTEP a solid wide receiver in Jacob Cowling, who's gotten right around 1,300 yards this season, there's just not a lot of other guys that are really able to help him out. This is a really one-dimensional pass game when it comes to UTEP, so I think that's going to be a big, giant issue that this team winds up facing. And then when it comes to what you're able to get on the ground as well, this is a Fresno State team that they do have Hainers able to move around a little bit back there, but doing a good job of being able to take the pressure off of him as a little bit more of a control back is Ronnie Rivers. Rivers averaged right around five yards of carry this season. Not a guy that's going to go out and it's going to give you a bunch of explosive plays, but also a guy that is able to catch a ball in the backfield right around three catches per game out of the backfield as well. So I think that that's going to be incredibly important. And then when it comes to UTEP with Gavin Hardison, the quarterback of this team, just is a case in which he makes too many mistakes. He has thrown an interception and four out of the last five games that he has played in. So I feel like that led a little bit to the demise of UTEP that we wound up seeing towards the back half of the season. But a lot of those interceptions are because he had to air it out more towards the back half of the season because you got a UTEP team that in their first couple games of the season, because they were playing against so many easier teams, they found themselves in the lead. So they were able to set up the ground game. They were able to get everything going with that aspect. And towards the back half of the season, you just weren't able to get any of that. Fresno State, I firmly believe, has by far the better defense in this spot as well. They've been able to do a good job of being a bottle up the ground game there. Relatively balanced in general as well. So I take a look at this game. I know that Fresno State is laying quite a bit. And we've actually seen a little bit of movement with regards to UTEP as well. As UTEP opened up more around a 13.5 point underdog. Now you're finding them between 11.5 and 12. So I take a look at this. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit of added value here with Fresno State. More than willing to lay 11.5. And we actually saw this at 11 at some spots. Especially at DraftKings. I believe a few days ago. But even at 11.5. I think that you get good value here with Fresno State, so we'll lay it here. When it comes to the total, 
Don't have necessarily anything as strong with this. If anything, I'm looking at the under just because we have seen UTEP really not be able to get much going. And then when it comes to Fresno State, they've been able to do a relatively solid job on defense Saints at Boise State game last month and a half. So I take a look at this, and I do think that you've got some good value with Fresno State. So willing to lay it here. And when it comes to what we're going to be able to get out of the independence, out of the independence Bowl, I think that you've got a solid one here as you've got UAB is not going to be traveling too far. This is going to be taking part in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they're going to be playing against BYU. BYU open up an eight-point favorite. They're now six-half in a lot of spots. Your total on this game, it's remained relatively steady. Opened up at 54-and-a-half. You're finding it anywhere between 54-and-a-half and 55. And we are seeing a lot of sevens still out there with regards to BYU as well, but I think that this is just such an intriguing game because I do think that BYU is unequivocally the better team, and if I'm looking at anywhere, especially with the 6.5, I'd be willing to lay it with BYU. At 7, it's a little bit more dicey, but at 6.5, I'm willing to lay it. You've got a UAB team that this program has been one of the more magnificent to be able to follow in recent years. We all remember that they just... They pretty much dismantled their entire football program. Then they wind up bringing it back. And they were one of the better teams out there in Conference USA this year. And they closed relatively solid. They wound up winning three out of their last four games. But you take a look at what BYU was able to do. For one, their schedule wasn't necessarily as strong as they were hoping for. Because you take a look at it. And I'm sure that they were thinking that Arizona was going to be a tad bit better than when they than they were anticipating them to be. And then it turned out that they weren't necessarily so great. They wrapped up the year going on the road to USC. We all know what sort of a calamity that was. Virginia wasn't up to par this year. South Florida is a program that has been lost in the abyss a little bit this season, but they did wind up having a good win earlier in the year against Utah. And what I think is going to be so key for BYU, Tyler Algier, a guy that's averaging just under six yards per carry. You take a look at what he did towards back half of the season, and it was amazing. He had a 266-yard with five touchdowns performance in that crazy 66-49 win over Virginia. Heck, if these two teams wanted to play in basketball, you might not wind up getting that sort of a total, which I think is absolutely hilarious. But he wound up having at least 100 yards in three out of the, or four out of the last five games that the team wound up playing. The only one that he didn't, he had six carries against Idaho State, and, well, Idaho State is Idaho State. So there is that aspect of it. And then you take a look at UAB, what has really been the calling card for UAB this season, has been actually bottling up the ground game. They're allowing about 104 yards per game, but it's relatively solid. They themselves do a good job of being able to pound the rock. You don't necessarily have a ton of guys that are able to catch a ball for this UAB team. It's a UAB bunch that they really look to their ground game in Dwayne McBride. McBride has been solid for this team. 99 plus yards in each out of the last four weeks. And you take a look at it, he had two performances over the team's last five games in which he wanted touching the ball fewer than 10 times and got to 90 plus yards in both of them. This guy is a home run hitter. So that is something that you do want to factor in. But this BYU defense, it doesn't matter who they played. They've really held up in pretty much every one of their games aside from that just crazy Virginia game. So I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job against this UAB team, especially with time to prepare. BYU, they see all sorts of funky looks. And I think that that's actually something very important to take a look at when it comes to bowl season because for many of these teams, there's a lot of familiarity with UAB. It's their Conference USA foes for a team like Iowa, they know probably Wisconsin like the back of their hand. Meanwhile, for BYU, you wind up getting a whole bunch of intriguing matchups year in and year out, obviously. When it comes to BYU, Notre Dame, insert your independent school here, there are a few teams that they wind up playing just more often than not in most years. But just that 
versatility, the just strangeness of a lot of their games, I actually think winds up helping them out in this spot. And when it comes to Dylan Hopkins, who is right now going to be behind center for UAB, he just hasn't been asked to do a lot this season. And I think that that is going to wind up changing in this game. He's someone that just doesn't necessarily drop back to throw it a lot. He wound up attempting just 212 passes throughout the season. So certainly someone that has been able to have himself a nice clean pocket, has been able to play relatively controlled as well. So I think that that is something that is going to wind up hurting UAB because I do think that BYU is going to be able to get it done on the ground. And this is a total of 54 and a half that I actually do like over. I do think that you're going to get quite a bit of offense from BYU. I think that UAB is going to find themselves down early. They're going to need to pass it. And I think that BYU is really going to get home on the quarterback. And we've been seeing it with UAB in general. This is an offense that has really been able to get things going, but also a defense that has given up at least 25 points in four out of the last five weeks as well. I think that there's a good chance that BYU winds up getting the 35. So I am very willing to lay a six half in this spot. When it comes to the total, like I said, I like it over because I do think that BYU is going to be able to rack it up on a UAB defense that hasn't necessarily seen the world's greatest teams. And when they have, they have certainly plummeted. So that is our number one of the Greg Peterson experience. Going to look at some bowl games a little bit later on in the show. But our number two, hitting college basketball hard and heavy right here on Visa. Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.